Hello, welcome to Cisco Technology Podcast. It's me, Justin Mullen. And me, Mark Jackson. Yeah, we did that without rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't rehearse anyway. Oh, that's true. That's very true. So um, welcome to a the next edition or the this edition of the te- Technology Podcast. You're joined by you again, Mark. You've come back. I have come back. It's been a long time since I've been on a podcast. I know. It's because you went away and did special stuff with the government, didn't I you? I did do some special stuff with the government, but I, I do feel like I need to reclaim my space. On you do, because uh, I tell podcast. you what, uh, Joachim has claimed the I am now the official co-host. Has he really? So oh. you need to actually either fight for it. Oh, we could do that. We could have you both on the podcast and fight in. What, like a co-host off? A, co- a co- co-off. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could do that, I think We could so. do that. Yeah. Hey, but welcome back. Thank you very much. It's Yay. been uh, it's been a long time and I'm, been, I'm pleased I've to be you. back. I've missed you, man. <laughs> I actually listened to a podcast on the train. We, we we, we've got to explain where we are today. Yes. Do you want to do that first? Oh, I might get too excited. I, you are quite excited because we're not in our normal recording office. Because you can tell by the audio quality that actually uh, the nice people at Cisco Marketing uh, via one of our wonderful agencies. Can I say, can I name drop? Or should I just edit that bit out? By Chime and Will. Will. Uh, awesome Will, who's helping us out today. We actually have a producer. We're in a studio. You will you just it, tell it, all the all the all the audio content would be proper for it's once. It's all very professional. Yes, apart from we're on it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just keep the tone the same. Anyway, yeah, there you go. And we'll, you, you, we're, we're tweeting some pictures now as well. So then you'll actually work out from when the tweets went out to how the how long it takes to get the podcast out. How <laughs> bad I am at editing. <laughs> but anyway, there we go. So um, what are we talking about today, mate? We are going to be talking about five G. 5G. Yes, 5G, which is that phrase that everybody's talking about at the moment in the news, but nobody actually really knows what it's all about. So that would be me then, because I have no clue what it means. But I'm quite excited. So we actually got some uh, guests in the studio today. Studio! I know, studio. Rather than just just meeting room. Meeting room with a whiteboard (laughs) with stuff written on it. Um, so, uh, hello, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cisco Technology Podcast. Um, so, we have got, we're joined by uh, Stephen. Do you want to introduce yourself, well, introduce yourself? What's your name? Where'd you come from? <laughs> Hi, I'm Stephen Spears. I'm part of the customer experience organization in Cisco. I work in the product management team for service provider for our professional services. Uh, I work with service providers and enterprises all across the world. And I've also somehow managed to get Cisco into this 5G rural first uh, project, uh, which we'll talk, talk about, about a lot about later it. on. Yeah. Hello. Who, what's your name? Who are oh, you? Hi, I'm Des Des O'Connor. Yeah. That's no, true. not not the Des O'Connor. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That one oh. had to come out. Right? That makes me. I just got. I just feel comfortable on a Saturday evening now. <laughs> Sat there with me, mum and dad on the sofa. For, for those of you who are under the age of forty-five, yeah, or international, or international. Oh yeah. Oh, we do have international yeah, audience. Look were. up Des, o, Des, Des O'Connor. No, My dad they, had a great name for him as well. He also called him Desi Mondo. Oh dear! This is <laughs> it's not going to go well. This, this is already we'll, gone we'll very well, hasn't it? Don't worry, we'll edit this out anyway. So go. yeah, Hello, I'm Des. I work in the uh, kind of global sales CTO office. So I'm in the mobility part of the business, looking at kind of five G and four um, G and service provider stuff. So we're here today to talk all the things about five G. You know, I've I've got to be careful in this podcast because I get overexcited because I used to be a, a a radio engineer. Some people listening to this who who know me from a long time ago might go, "No, you weren't really one of them, were you?" Um, but I've come from a, like a radio background. My dad brainwashed me as a, a very young child into enjoying radio and making radios and building antenna systems and stuff like that. There you go. That's a shout out to my dad. Is it? There you go. I've never done that before. No, no. And um, so I've got to be careful I don't geek out too much in this. But the one thing that, that comes that sticks out to me is, like you said in your mm. intro, Mark, was 5G. It's, it's not Everyone's talking about it and we're all thinking about one's your next 5G handset and yeah. how, how much more bandwidth or whatever it is. But nobody, I don't know what it is. 
I don't really know what's behind it. What is driving it? Why we? Why do we need another one? I, I've still got. I'm still connecting to 3G when I'm driving up and down the M4 and 2G sometimes as well. So. <laughs> Who wants to? Should we start there? Should we? Oh, we've got, I think we've got to start with defining what it is. I think what we've, got to, we've got to go there. What What is five G? Is this you, Des? Yeah, I'll have a crack at that. <laughs> so um, these things come along once every decade, typically. Um, the 5G is going to look a little bit different, but it's it's essentially a, a new iteration of protocols and technology in and around the, the radio infrastructure and then in and around the core of the network as well. Every 10 years, this happens. Whole new ecosystem, new set of handsets. Um, and that's what's going to happen this time. This one does look a little bit different because... Um, We're getting higher up into the radio spectrum. There's going to be a lot more high-frequency radio spectrum. There's going to be a bunch of changes around who can actually get radio spectrum, which will be interesting, and maybe we'll talk about that. So is that that down to the licensing then? So so when we talk about spectrum, obviously we have like, I'm going to go back to, we've got like HF, like high-frequency, very high-frequency, super high-frequency. UHF. UHF, ultra-high-frequency, then SHF. I should remember that, yeah. To give people a bit of a perspective, so... I'm trying to work that out, but do we need to care? Do we care about Spectrum? Do oh, we do, care? absolutely, because, um, you know, Spectrum does two things. Typically, it's either going to give you distance and indoor distance and coverage, or it's going to give you capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, right. So the higher yeah. the the higher the Spectrum, the higher the frequency, the, the higher the throughput, but the lower the range. Shorter you range, yeah. Yeah, oh, so that has some big implications. Yeah. So you still so, remember it? You still remember, remember it? High so, school physics, but, but high school. Well, we didn't have high schools in Wales. We had comps. <laughs> so, so, so that's kind of the the technical answer to the question of what's five G. I guess what what I've read at least a little bit is the. Oh, do you think we've answered that yet? Are, no, asking, you don't think so. No, because I want to know what you want to further. A, a couple more points yeah, that are probably important. One would be um, for the first generation ever. It's a pure software network. So, you know, traditional uh, generations have been hardware, boxes, all... So as in, as, in you, as in when, like, 3G moved to 4G, it was new radios, new antennas, new... New boxes. Boxes are going into the actual service-provided infrastructure. This time, it's the same infrastructure, but we're just upgrading the software. Is that, well, no, I mean, oh, it, it means it's much like, much like the enterprise networks, everything's disaggregating and starting to run on x86, pure, you know, native compute. So that's what we're going to oh, see. Oh, right, here. OK. So it's, it's the actual control and the running of it is just done on a x86 X. platform and we just change the software on or run the software on it just on the the x86 maybe we could put a photograph or two out so we're designing and actually just finalizing the build out of a cisco ultra packet core and it's basically software running on a ucs server rack and i've got a picture of it installed in the data vita data okay. center up mm. in central so Scotland. We, we actually are so from that because i didn't even know that so there you go ping first thing I've learned today is about it, when you talk about it's all running on software. Actually, the the, the control and the running of the of the five G network is just going to be an x86 platform that you can just continue to upgrade and, and it becomes general, a lot more commodity then for it? sure in, in general um, it's more stuff much like in enterprise more stuff in the service providers moving on to so it doesn't pure. have to be specifically designed and built hardware that can only be that will only ever be used in a service provider no indeed that's that's a key difference for sure mm. and what drove that then it, well, but I think it's kind of um, it's very germane for service for this type of infrastructure to become software because you know it's got a lot more 
fun a lot of functionality in it compared to a, um, a normal kind of LAN or switch anyway. You know, it does customer yeah. care and billing it, legal intercept, mm -hmm. it's doing charging, it's doing, you know. So that's the thing that we all for, sort of forget about from on, on a 5G thing though, isn't it? Or anything the service provider, there's so much more stuff that happens, that has to happen, mm -hmm. that we don't so, care yeah. about in a in an enterprise or a, like in a university or a hospital mm -hmm. or a or a business. Yeah. The other final point I'd make on what is 5G, it, it really brings the concept of something we call um, network slicing to life. Um, so we, we, you know, we might call it segmentation in the enterprise world, but in in, um, in in 5G and for service provider, they now have the ability to run multiple versions of the same network because it's all pure software. So instead of having one, they can have five or ten or a thousand versions of the network, which will do different things for different use cases. So, so does that right okay that's quite profound my head's hurting a bit so that means that you'd have i'm trying not to if i get to to just tell me off if i'm going wrong Des. but if it, so if you've got a server-wise network and they're running a, a 5g network you will segment that network based on so for example we can have you as a customer will only see the same infrastructure we could slice up so it's a bit for you a bit for steven a bit for mark a bit for me and it'll be the same infrastructure, but all we're doing, we're just slicing up virtually. Yep. You got it? Yeah. So it's like VLANs over the air. Yeah, um, and but you or, might or slice... VRFs. And you'll, you'll slice them for different reasons, right? I mean, it could be that you want to have an enhanced mobile broadband slice or you want a special ultra-reliable low-latency version of your network. Or actually, it might be that you want a special version of your network for a very big enterprise and, and customer. And does that go over the air as well? Or does that actually... Is that like the way you're, you're slicing up the radio stuff? That, it can do, right down to the radio. And indeed, we'll be trialling some of that in the 5G rural first. Wow. And, and so why would you... Maybe I'm diving too deep, Mark. No, but I don't think you are, because I think this kind of gets onto the question I was going to ask, which is the, you know, the background of 5G is it is really interesting and important to understand, but so what? It's the, why Why would I? Because that's the bit I just thought it's just going to be faster. It's just, I'm going to give you more bandwidth. No, Great. Hey, no. all the users are really happy. And and that was the what my thought no. process behind. But no, actually no, no, now was... you're talking about one thing, which is about that being able to slice yeah. up that or segment the network from the radio side all the way through to the, mm -hmm. the back end piece for whatever reason that might be. Yeah. But Steve, you got a point on that. Yeah, so just to add to what Gaz has just said, if you read the books, 5G is about high speed, mm -hmm. ultra low latency, and massive internet of things, and you usually see it in a triangle. That's the book. What does it mean in reality, and what have we learned? Because in Cisco, we're actually doing 5G. We're not just talking about it. So we're putting in with 5G Rural first. I'm going to make a claim, and I, it's a question I'm going to ask, and you'll see it in my next blog a wee plug from a blog. Is this the world's most ambitious rural 5G trial? I'll ask that question and we'll get to that at some point. So what have we learned from that with respect to 5G? Number one, 5G is an opportunity for disruption. Doing things very differently, as Des has described. Number two, 5G is about ecosystems. You can't do it yourself. If you try and do it yourself, somebody who takes the ecosystem approach is going to beat you. And number three, 5G is about, sorry, marketing cliche coming along, fifth generation thinking. It's about I, I, new as long as you thinking. didn't say journey, I was going to ask you to leave. Mm -hmm. right. say journey. 
We've got to get a bridge in there somewhere, don't we? <laughs> oh, God. The journey over the bridge. There you go. No, I'll get a bridge in for you. This is about the bridge to possible. You know the Cisco marketing oh. campaign? Oh, I can see. He did it. I was going to think about the seven bridge that's now free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the only bridge I think of. So, so the biggest difference then, if we just look about to between the segmentation, is there anything else? that? So you've got high, high frequency. So you're going to have high, high frequency, low latency, high bandwidth. You can segment it for reasons which could either be security or different levels of performance that you can give. Or feature cadence. Or, or feature or features. Mm. What? Oh, so you got me thinking. What kind of features? Feature cadence. So can you, can you imagine the difference between building a network, especially for London Air Ambulance, versus the network you would want to build for Labara, oh. who change yeah, their tariff different. every week, right? Mm. Air Ambulance want massive high availability in there. They don't want it to change. Labara want to change it every single day of the week as they compete in that very. But it'll be using market. the same infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's true sort of software-defined thinking, I suppose, isn't it? It's that agile, what, so, what sort of feature drop do we want to put in for satisfying that customer use case? So, exactly. and, and does the security, does that meet, and you being a security guy, would, yeah. would, would you security people? Because imagine now you've got an emergency services network mm -hmm. hanging off the same infrastructure as providing domestic or... Well, to an extent, haven't you got that today with 4G? I don't know. That's what I know. I don't, don't ask me. This is not my area of expertise in terms of the segmentation. Well, well I mean, if you've got four, I mean, it's a fair question. I mean, guys, uh, you know, from a 4G perspective, how does that differ today? I mean, clearly the emergency services must use 4G for connectivity Absolutely. today, but uh, it's the well, same infrastructure. Well, if you look at BT, for example, here in the UK, have launched something called the, um, or they're launching the emergency yep. services network. They've, mm -hmm. they've taken over a very, very large government contract there. And of course, that that is going to run, you know, on a, on a, on a sliced network. So it, in that mm. particular scenario, there will be a lot of separation because mm. it's emergency services, mm. but the radios will be the same. Mm. It's not like they're putting a complete... No. So the separation is a bit masses. further down than in, in the network yeah. infrastructure, not at the, the radio side, but exactly. with the, in a 5G environment, that can happen over the air. It can happen all the way through the network, right from the spe how you split the spectrum and manage it, right the way through to every single box and piece of software that a, a given traffic would go through. Right, okay. And another them go on. No, I was I was gonna I was gonna actually start asking more about rural first because I was I was I know that's come up a couple of times. I, I was so gonna you... say, have we covered everything that's sort of the major differences between three G, four G and five G? Is it mainly just the segmentation and software run? I think they're the key ones. I mean the last point. And the high I would, latency, yeah. high bandwidth, low latency. So there's there's loads of different feature sets aimed at different use cases. I think the last point I'd make is we have these things called pioneer bands. Uh, and that means um, we've got bands agreed worldwide or Europe-wide, but mainly uh, typically worldwide, to say, okay, these are the bands that are going to that 5G will be aimed at. And there's some at 700 megahertz, there's some at 3.5 gigahertz. I feel at home. And then there's some, there's some way up there in what we call the millimeter wave spectrum. And so the millimeter wave spectrum is going to be fantastic for really, really high capacity, multi-gigabit per second per user. But, of course, it won't go further than this small room yeah whereas the um you know the low frequencies they're going to go quite a distance oh so you are going because my, my my assumption and the assumption mm. is the mother of all mm. things yeah. to go wrong mm. without swearing <laughs> um is that it would be high frequency and it would automatically not enter buildings and stuff like that you now mean? there is some assigned so typically there is some spectrum there isn't a lot of spectrum at the low frequency range mm. as you can imagine it's all oh, very so busy. Be very specific then it's, and yeah it's been used it's been assigned to service providers as well so there will be a bunch of refarming that mm. service providers will do with their current frequency so that will they, well. they take their existing frequency range from like 3g 4g and then reuse that for over time 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But don't expect 4G to go away anytime soon. But well, 3G no. still here after like yeah. I mean, 20 odd years. Yeah. I think 3G will actually go away sooner. 2G will probably stay weirdly. Yeah. And 4G will be here for quite a long time, particularly in the macro wide area. Yeah. All right. Okay. Because does 4G? I mean, purely a tech question, but does 4G use sort of such a range of frequencies? Because I always imagined 4G was quite a narrow set of frequencies. It wouldn't yeah. go from megahertz it, to gig. It did the same. Quite a lot of them. Okay. It's been quite difficult actually for hand tech manufacturers to stick the amount of uh, antennas okay. in the phone that they needed. Uh, okay. Yeah. Never knew that. There you go. Let's yeah. new every day. See, that's the point of the podcast. Yay. So, um, wait, so you talk about so one of the applications, you Stephen, you obviously I can see you're quite excited. Want to talk about rural first? So, should we get it done out of the way? I, so I, think, <laughs> I, I think I think might sit, you might sit still for a second. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Go on, you go about rural first. Yeah, no, I mean, so the rural first project, I, I've read a little bit about it, but do you want to tell everybody what what rural first is and and what sort of things we're trying to do with it? Okay, so five G rural first is a co innovation project that's essentially sponsored by Cisco's Country Digitization Acceleration Program. So I guess the best way to look at the CDA program, as we call it, it's a, really a, an initiative from the very top of Cisco, Chuck Robbins. So when Chuck comes to the UK, he goes and visits Prime Minister Theresa May. He talks about the Country Digitization Program. And last year he came along and said, we're going to invest about, what, $100 million in the Country Digitization Program. And 5G Rural First, under the, the leadership of the Cisco UK and Ireland Innovation Team, fantastic team, doing a lot of really good innovative stuff. That programme uh, essentially runs 5G Rural First under the CDA banner who fund it. So when Chuck goes to speak to Theresa in May next time, you never know, he might be speaking about 5G and 5G Rural First. So that's kind of where it is in Cisco. What is the programme when you get down to it? We are looking at rural connectivity, what we call beyond the city. How can we improve connectivity beyond the city? How can we ensure the economic benefits of connectivity are spread beyond the city? What are the new technologies, business models, ecosystems and new thinking that are required to make connectivity work beyond the city? That's what really it is about. If we go down to some practical examples, we're looking at how do we deliver enhanced mobile broadband to places which have never had it before with new low-cost radios from the likes of Parallel Wireless, AW2S and Amarisoft. We're looking at can some of this high-frequency 5G stuff like phaser radios at 32 gigahertz, can that actually work to, to deliver internet backhaul to a moving ferry between the islands of Orkney? And we're looking at other areas of agriculture. For example, autonomous tractors, drones, and how do you do automated detection of weeds, spraying weed killer just onto the weeds and not onto the crops. So there are two digital divides here, really. There's, there's the people digital divide where, you know, you've got the have internets and have not internets. Yeah, because in yeah, that's the bit that when you talk about rural to me, mm -hmm. you, you mean, I, and I live in Wales, is the parts of Wales, and, I, and it was sort of not about a year ago that I was staying in in mid Wales somewhere and literally we had no comms mm -hmm. and we had sub one meg broadband. It was yeah, basically we were, awful. We, we were cut off <laughs> from the world. Hashtag first world problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and then there's the second digital divide, which is the industrial IoT or Internet of yeah. Things mm. digital divide. Because that's where our GDP future, you know, that's where yeah. the upside in GDP will be. It will be in how do we kind of build efficient farming communities. Yeah. And, and so if you bridge both of these digital divides, then there'll be symbiotic 
with yeah. each yeah, other. Yeah, because then one if you more. can connect the unconnected before, as in people and communities, mm-hmm. then you can start as well, how can we industrialise and use that technology to help them improve either I, the services they're delivering? Can I give a couple of examples? Mm. So here's my favourite question. Des knows the answer to this. You know it's coming, Des, don't you? What's the number one food export from Scotland? Monetary value. Whiskey. Food. Uh, okay. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, salmon. Oh, salmon. Mm. Farmed salmon. What's the number one? How did you know that? Huh? Was, I'm actually really impressed, Mark. <laughs> Gobsmacked. How did you know that? I, I, I don't know. Isn't it obvious? God, what, what, that you're a genius? <laughs> right, so, th- so a slightly different question. What's the number one food export from the UK? I want to say chips, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, actually, for the UK. Scottish salmon. Oh, okay. All right. Trick question. question. Scotland claim everything then. Right. Oh, no, we're going to claim the drink one because you know the answer Mm -hmm. to that is whiskey, right? Okay. So, Scottish salmon is a fundamental importance in Scotland. Mm -hmm. It provides a lot of jobs in the rural areas, which are hard to come by. You might not believe this. I I nearly fell off my chair when I I heard this. I visited the Scottish Salmon Company up in Edinburgh, and they've got a network of salmon farms all up the, the, the west coast and the lochs of Scotland. It's a tech-heavy industry that is connectivity-challenged. Go to Norway. They have put 4G all over the fjords. I went to a conference recently. What was the number one use case for 5G coming out of the guy from Telenor? 4K and 8K video to the salmon farms. <laughs> and I quote, they're very excited about that opportunity. So so we're, do, we're still trying to connect the unconnected, as in a, a tech-heavy industry like mm. salmon farming, fishing, farming, farming mm. in Scotland, which want to be connected but aren't connected, to Norway, which isn't most probably closer to Scotland than, than maybe than <laughs> where I live. And they're gone, they've already done that and they're taking it to, I want to deliver wireless 4K video over a 5G, 4G network. Correct. That's really cool. Crikey. But I think that's one of the big differences, though. I, mean, oh, I the guess kids what would I'm... waste it, though, wouldn't they? They just do some more Instagram and crap like that. You should ban it. Okay, great. So we've gone all the way from we've explained what 5G mm. is, high latency, low... high All the way. High, high, high bandwidth, low latency, low latency. spectrum sharing, uh, spectrum segments, spectrum slicing, mm-hmm. um, how it's going to be used to connect the unconnectable but also drive innovation in industry how salmon fishing is going to be amazing from now on. In high def. Uh, in, in high def. <laughs> and so one question that, always come, that, that has been asked a couple of times by me is around what do we, where do we, where does 5G compare to Wi-Fi? And we, I get asked this because in, mm. in my team, our job is to talk about Wi-Fi and we're talking about multi-gigabit Wi-Fi now and we're at three gig and we're going to be going up to something like nearly 10 mm. gig of bandwidth or something mm. like that with the new AX. I don't know, I might got myself in trouble there. I know, we're, <laughs> I know we're definitely about three and a half gig at the moment. Um, but where's the, can somebody talk about what's the comparison and are they complementary? Are they, are they uh, what's the opposite of complementary? Competitive. Competitive to each other? No doubt there'll be a bit of both, but I see them as very symbiotic purely because... Does that mean be, they'll be all right together? They'll be good together, right absolutely. Then, I mean, you, you But fa- don't forget, one of them is um, licensed, the other one's unlicensed. Mm. That's yeah, a key yeah. point because that just leads to a very, very, very different ecosystem. And you know, you've got to have that last 10 metres connection. Yeah. Um, 5G isn't going to replace all of that um, anytime soon. So, But the challenge, that the, and I'm just speaking out loud again, is... is with the one thing I don't think Wi-Fi has been... Oh, I, I, don't, I might get myself in trouble here, but this is how I, I, I think of it, which is a special little world, <laughs> is 
outdoor Wi-Fi has never been great. It's never been as you, you're never going to have that experience as you do if I'm in the building or if I'm at home or if I'm in the in the mm. in the building in the business in Cisco. I can have Wi-Fi connectivity and it's great and it roams and I'm and I'm on all the time. But you go outside, it's patchy and it's never. You mean mm. I've never had that experience? Am I? Am I just? No, being no. I think that's bit? probably. I think I think I'd probably I'd agree with that that point of view. And then yeah. you look at the amount of cities that are trying to roll out Wi-Fi projects yeah. just to connect their communities, and you're going. But if I've got five G, then doesn't mm. that take that challenge away and make it easier? And that's that's the sort of my. So this is sort of it. autonomous vehicles and sort of smart well, city even type just, applications. Yeah, but you, I, you might have been involved in projects where they're just trying to connect communities and mm -hmm. make them feel a bit more that, you mean, while you're out and about, you, mm. you, you're on Wi-Fi and, and you've got a bit more bandwidth and you've and, and then, mm. then you'd go to the, then, but what do I do with it? So yes. I've, I've, bought, I've put out this Wi-Fi network, what are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. And that always seems to be the challenge that goes out there. But with 5G, I think it's where you go, well, actually, I'm going to connect the unconnectable. Mm. But I've got that continuous experience wherever I am, all the way from the home to the farm to the. I just know I'm going to be on. I'm going to be able to be productive and do the things I need to do. Mm. Absolutely, and and, and why? You know, so what we're seeing actually is Wi-Fi is getting closer to 5G, and 5G is getting closer to Wi-Fi. There's, you know, they're, they're, the network access so they become partners. Are, it feels like it's become, going to be partners because yeah. the one's going to look after one set of frequencies, one's going to look after mm. the other and deliver connectivity and great experience, but in different kinds but of ways. But they're taking on a lot of each other's better properties mm. as well. Oh, right, That's okay. the point I'm making. So the yeah. network access strata of Wi-Fi, which, which was rel rel relatively independent, you know, uh -huh. you could have many different types of authentication mechanism. That's moving into 5G. The... The automatic onboarding that you have in, in 5G mm. is moving to Wi-Fi. Yeah. And so there's, there's a lot of things mm. that are coming together, uh, yeah. at least, you know. Because that's the interesting century. piece of then being able to have that experience of going, I'm inside a building, to being connected and then seamlessly going to outside a building. Or, you mean, and being connected to a, a, a um, I'm trying to think of the right word now, license spectrum type. Yeah, license versus unlicensed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then, but have that. And that's the always challenging bit, isn't it? It's about how do I connect? How oh, is that I, kind of handoff you How mean? do I so, hand off between both? And I, yeah. that's, that's something that sort of yeah. comes to mind in that and space. That, that is getting more seamless over time, for sure. And, and, that's, and you know, we've got license, we have unlicensed, and now we're having these concepts like lightly licensed, meaning... <laughs> Parts of spectrum that government are, are giving on a very geographic basis um, at a fraction of the cost that you would pay for a licence um, on a national basis. So that actually is really important, the lightly licensed spectrum. In rural areas, it's not really economic for big service providers to provide the coverage. So really, there is a school of thought developing in the UK that we should have local mobile service providers. I mean, why can't CloudNet, for example, in Orkney, run the 4G network or 5G network in Orkney and somehow have a relationship that lets them connect onto the major service providers. Because that's the bit, isn't it? Mm. It's just that, like you say about last mile, whether it be last mile, last five miles, last 10 miles, mm. but who's responsible for it? And it's that, because that then goes back to the question of, you mean, the challenge around rural is because it's so expensive to drop fibre into the ground and run it to these places. So it's like, well, how far can, how far will the service providers go and then go, right, well, I am... Taff, taffy net, maybe there is <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna we'll we'll actually our responsibilities and we'll we'll run. You'll do it for that. We'll local. do five G for the net for the for the for the yeah. twenty mile radius around us or something. Because can I, I give you a, a real example of that? Oh, there uh, is a real taffy net. A real, real oh, no. <laughs> I would call them taffy net, but uh, we're going to talk about ecosystems. Yeah, I mentioned it before. So up in Orkney, 
uh, we're working with some fantastic organisations that are part of 5G Euro First. I'm going to call out a couple of names here. So on the ground, the people that are doing all the really heavy lifting are CloudNet, CloudNet Solutions. They're an ISP. ISP, mm. CloudNet IT yeah. Solutions. And their managing director is a guy called Greg Whitten. Are you, on a, are you on a commission or something? No, I'm not. No, I'm just, <laughs> just, I'm just checking because just obviously checking. this is an unpaid for podcast. No, I know. I'm just so impressed with these guys and what they're doing. They are coming up with some really fantastic network of contacts that have saved us months in this project. But anyway, let me tell you about a story last week. I went out to Eye of Cara and south of the mainland in Orkney and I stood at the point where fibre from Faroese Telecom or their UK subsidiary Shifa, it comes in to that point and I've got a pop there and I'm sitting Point of at, presence that is we don't do Point that. of presence sorry, sorry. You can, you can say, now, now you can say pop because everybody right. knows what it is right. and this is an area where people say it can't be done and there's a village the village of Bury across the road or across the water rather and it's literally across the causeway about half a mile to a mile right I'm thinking away from the pop and there's a huge amount of fibre under the ground where I'm standing and, and Shifa have also videos have put a mast up there and it serves digital microwave radio to an oil platform over in the, the, the sea someplace that village has got fibre within a mile of it 10, 20 gigabits a second I don't know but they've got no internet so what have we done as part of 5G Rural First we've got Parallel Wireless is one of our partners have put on a, it's actually a 4.5G LTE Pro radio we don't quite have 5G radios at that frequency on the mast it's not really that high up it's on the mast and it will serve 60 megabits a second for about I think we're thinking 15, 16 miles but it'll way cover this village for the first time and they've done that as part of this ecosystem with Cisco with Shifa a Faroese Telecom and CloudNet and that traffic very very shortly will be flown across the Cisco 5G packet core non-standalone version in the Data Vita data centre in Glasgow and everybody said it couldn't be done so, so we, what, what's going to be so this, this so I've got this right so you've got a massive point of presence 20 gig of data through, something like that something like that mega gigs of data and then you've got a mile away, you've got this village that's unconnected and you've put in a wireless connection to that village, is yes. it? And, but how do the, how do the, the residents consume that? that? So that's, a, that's a good point. So first of all, what we're doing in Orkney is just a testbed and trial project that's been part funded by the UK government, the Department for Digital in particular, through their 5G programme, which is an excellent programme, incidentally. So today we are using private spectrum essentially got a, a license from Ofcom just for this trial and we've only got 20 megahertz channel which is why the bandwidth isn't the 250 megabits a second that this radio could do if it had the right bandwidth and that's going to be shared amongst the, the, the residents isn't it right it will be so what we what we're doing in the trial is we've got handsets that again Shifa, Faroe's Telecom, have donated 40 handsets to the project. That's amazing. So, so, they, so the way that they, the residents get connected then is they have special handsets that they can just use to get onto the uh -huh. internet. Yes. Right, OK. Industry so standard handsets, but yes, handsets that will work on this particular on network that, operator. That network. Oh, yeah. right, OK. But, but actually, one thing, and maybe I'll put my local sales manager and, and also our innovation team on the spot, we need to have a real look if we can put some Wi-Fi with uh, 4G Because in my head, I'd go, mm. well, that'll be a nice 60, 60, 60 meg... Is that right? 60 meg? Because you mm -hmm. said it was only had 20 meg. Mm -hmm. You got a 20 meg mm -hmm. broadband uh, bandwidth. Is 
you then put a point of presence in and then go, right, that's my, that's my back hole. And mm-hmm. then I just flood Wi Fi the whole Wi-Fi. of it. Mm-hmm. So that would be a, a complementary mm-hmm. technology yeah. working together. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, okay. so uh, what I'm going to go back and talk about to some of the team is can we actually put a few Wi Fi boxes into some of the public areas mm-hmm. of that village and spread spread the love around, spread the, spread the content? Oh, that's what you'd expect to do because then. That would be yeah. That would be more useful. Thinking, that's what I would. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You can hire me out. But so, unfortunately, as a testbed and trial project, so the handsets are essentially tied to the project and tied to the frequencies we're using. So you've talked a lot about raw first as a, as a trial. You've kind of used the word trial quite a lot, and I think I guess a question that comes up in my head is is when is five G going to be here for the masses? You know what? What's you say? It's an ecosystem. When do I have to buy a new answer? Well, I, slightly broader than that, but I oh, guess. Sorry, but yes, but, but it's it's that. <laughs> We, there's been a lot of talk about it for quite a long time now, even into the multiple years, and and it's like, when is it going to start to arrive for the masses, or or do you think it'll be driven by industry first rather than consumers? What what's the sort of, what do the next couple of years look like? I suppose around five G. Well, um, in in general, most service providers are going down the consumer route first, even though they recognise there might not be incremental revenue for a service provider out of a consumer's wallet. It's still the first thing they have to go and do. They've got. Sp- spectral capacity constraints that they need to address and 5G will deliver on that new spectrum and capacity. Um, but nevertheless, new revenue for service providers won't necessarily come from the consumer mm. wallet. It will come from industry and verticals and mm. enterprises. Right. Okay. Yeah, if I could just add to what Des has said. So my role in Cisco, the customer experience team, is product management. My job is to look for new opportunities. If I was a service provider, and I, I might speak out a turn here, I wouldn't be focusing on consumer mobile broadband. Mm. If you want to learn about 5G, read the excellent book by William Webb, The 5G Myth. And he basically says, look, it's going to be a real struggle, just like Des has said, for service providers to make money out of consumer broadband. Mm. I would go into the enterprise space and develop market-specific, vertical industry-specific new service opportunities for enterprise so I spoke to an analyst a couple of weeks ago uh, from one of the research companies, and he reckons that manufacturing is mm. going to be the number one mm. use case for 5G. So I would be going to look, how can we solve problems for customers using 5G and manufacturing companies? Does that sort of go where people have mentioned about autonomous vehicles and stuff like that? Is that connecting them? Mm. That's a fair point. Autonomous vehicles, they say 5G is going to be key for it. It's the coverage, though, isn't it? Is you're going, well, cars can go anywhere, and then you just go, well, do I? Need, there will be corridors of 5G coverage, coverage mm. you can only do. Yeah. As long as it does between junction 35 of the M4 and junction 4B, <laughs> I'm right. really happy with it because <laughs> then I'll it. just get in the car and go to sleep. That's another. Charles Cisco have actually got another troll here in the mm. UK on autonomous vehicles. Yeah. Um, but you know, clearly, autonomous means a car will be able to drive on its own. It yep. doesn't need 5G, 4G, 5G, whatever the fundamental tech will be. But it needs some it, sort of backhaul. It will augment it. It will be an augmentation, and you know, it'll be there'll be vehicle to vehicle radio comms, and there'll, there'll be vehicle to infrastructure mm-hmm. radio comms. But they'll all be additive and augment in, in terms of augmentation rather than. You know, it's, it won't be fundamental to make a car move autonomously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to add an example, and I think this is uh, there's there's some fantastic opportunities that will help drive the business case for rural connectivity. Autonomous cars could be one of those. Broadcast over five G that the BBC are trialling with the objective of switching off terrestrial broadcast at some point. That could be another see that's the bit that's interesting because yeah. I'm starting to think now because I, I, I you know I'm, I'm a bit, I haven't made enough told everybody on the podcast I have told everybody on the podcast <laughs> I have bought a, a motorhome and 
I look on my. I quite like it because I'm a bit geeky. But mm-hmm. I've got four antennas on the roof. I've got oh, a no. 4G <laughs> antenna. I've got a satellite antenna, mm-hmm. uh, or a satellite dish, mm-hmm. and I've got a uh, digital TV mm-hmm. antenna. That is outrageous. And the one thing, and the one thing that I did when we took it out the other weekend was just basically connected to the. 4G network yeah. and I did everything, everything on that yeah. and I streamed my TV yeah. I didn't watch TV I stuck my uh, my Amazon Fire Stick if somebody wants to send me one from Amazon I would, I would gladly <laughs> receive one um, others are available though and, and and that's what I did and I'm just going actually and, and in my dad's house now it, 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 they've gone from having a TV to we put a Fire Stick in there now and I'm going mm. well you can just get all their TV from there now I'm mm-hmm. going I want IP connectivity not necessarily yeah, DAB or DAB digital. Or, yeah, 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 and that's, yeah, yeah. So that's a really yeah. interesting point. Yeah. There's one question that's still burning in my head is, but what actually? You mean apart from to 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 your point, Des, right at the start of the podcast was Cisco make UCS, and I know Steve, you said, Stephen, you said that you actually have the the five G software is running on a Cisco UCS box. Is that all, all we're doing, or what is Cisco doing in this space that we can talk about now? Obviously, um, so well, we've got this thing called the um, Open VRAN ecosystem. So we've got a whole um, swathe of partners who are um, working in this industry to kind of disaggregate the radio, much like we have already disaggregated the core of the network. We sell, trans- we sell the entire transport solution for 5G. We sell them a bunch of the orchestration solutions, and we sell the ultra packet core itself. So we we sell a lot of portfolio in in and around this. And so we do all that. So we don't just do. We, so yeah, because in my head, it, mm. and it's my old radio days. Is that yeah. if we don't do the radios, then we don't do anything. But no. it's actually all that connectivity, yeah. the orchestration of how do you move that data around, how do you mm. secure it, how do you hand it over between different kinds of yeah. uh, networks. It's a, I'm not, Des, if I've said anything stupid, just let me know. No, you're doing good. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. You're doing good. So so okay. So we are in there, and we yeah. are doing. Yeah. We're part of and with that wonderful rural trial that we're doing up in, in the Orkneys. Are you sure that's the Orkney now, Stephen? Orkney Islands. Orkney Islands, okay, good. And Shropshire and Somerset. And it's so, a yeah, big test plan. The numbers. Hmm? Our test bed in Orkney spans two thousand square kilometres and the test bed runs from the Orkney Islands hmm. to Somerset, which is over a thousand kilometres. Right. So the worst thing is in professional services, the worst thing anybody can ask me is so where have you done it before? Mm. I mean, seriously, I've been in services now for nearly 10 years and I've worked on a lot of new initiatives and the toughest part of the job is getting that first customer. Where have we done it before? Mm. So with 5G Rural First, we've kind of pushed the envelope. We've got nine, maybe 10 almost people from the customer experience organisation helping us out part-time. Some of them doing it as a skunk works, learning about 5G, getting the hands-on experience. What's it like, Des, with the... Customer experience guys, we've got Matesh, oh, Malik. Bunch of guys, yeah. I mean, Des, you, you said it. Every project has a major crisis at some point. And what was it you said about that? Well, every project I've ever developed or deployed, to be honest, it's always gone wrong at some point. The question yeah. is how you manage it, right? Of course it is, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. how do you dig yourself out of the swamp mm. when okay. something badly goes wrong? Mm. And that's where advanced services, uh, the customer experience organisation, our managed services, our reactive technical services, that's where they come in to help. So that's why I'm so excited about 5G and that's where my day job comes in because I'm leading the 5G offer development and all this experience we're getting before it really hits the market is going to let us lead in 5G services and that's what the objective is. We've done it before, got the T-shirt. No, okay. I mean, don't get me we are building 5G tech all over mm. the world, right? Mm. We've, we're already putting 5G networks for real customers in various yeah. different places. But the beauty of this thing 
is we're actually working out the use cases as yeah. well. So rather than just talking about networks, we're talking about end customer mm -hmm. goals, right? Yeah, and that's the one thing that sticks out more around from 4G and 3G and yeah. 2G. It's not just about connectivity it's and giving me some, I can do Instagram get my on my Instagram phone. faster. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. actually, it's more of a business it's, yeah. a, it's a business it's a business use for it. There are well, new uses for it. So because rural connectivity has been the challenge that no generation mm -hmm. has ever fixed mm -hmm. so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what what's beautiful about this thing is you know, we're building this kind of business layer cake, which is describing all these different agritech use cases that when you combine them all together we're hoping will make the case for mm -hmm. a service yeah. provider or for somebody that's else that's the bit isn't it once invest. you crack the business case for a service yeah, yeah. right and you convince them then they'll go with it and then yeah, it'll become mainstream and everything else will come with it as well. they see the um this all sounds very exciting mm. i am uber excited yeah. and and getting it down to that some real different it's a different kind of network it's yeah. a different kind of technology but delivering solving different kinds of problems that haven't been solved yet yeah and, and the big place where all this sort of comes together is Mobile World Congress, isn't mm -hmm. it? Which is, it is, where is that? Is that this year? Barcelona. It's always in Barcelona. It's, it's always in Barcelona. Yeah, it has yeah, been last much. few years. Yeah, 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 isn't it? So who's going? Not me. No, not me. Well, <laughs> I'm going and Stephen's promising me that he's coming too. Yeah, I'm going as well. Okay, yeah. yeah. So what, what what do we expect to see at, uh, I'm assuming there's a Cisco well, stand, is it, or are you just talking? Well, yeah, we're, we're going to have a big old booth there and we're going to have 5G Rural First at the front. We're going to have connected cows there and all sorts. They won't be alive, but they'll be there. In, in fact, we're at Cisco Live this week as well, 5G Rural oh, First. Are you giving name timestamps now? We have to get it out real quick. Yeah. yeah. Des has already talked about mm. the cow's head with an IoT collar from one of our partners. We're going to be showing all that at Cisco Live and talking about how customer experience can help enable that. We've got three kind of stands at the front of the Cisco area. Mm -hmm. Then there's a private area at the back. Rural First, 5G Rural First is one of the three. Coming from UK and Ireland, take it out to the world. Fantastic. Awesome. So thanks very much uh, for joining us today, Stephen and Des. I really appreciate it. It's been really, I've learned loads. I, I just thought it'd be about frequencies and protocols and it, it is so much not. It's almost not about the frequencies in a way. It's, it's actually sure. really quite refreshing I to not be talking tech it's the, well i know that the, the use i mean connected cows i mean what what else are you going to get connected connected cows? cheap <laughs> connected <laughs> salmon yeah. it's the first time that's... we've ever gone to work for cisco in our wellingtons <laughs> oh right okay that's kind of cool I don't yeah i went up that. to orkney last week with a ski jacket on three layers of clothing hiking boots wow what a day out that, oh, that's, that's what awesome. life at cisco is about so and we've talked about this a lot more in uh one of our sister podcasts which is the the macro one and that's talks about the digital divide but that's where the example of the digital divide is around that rule first and what's been going on orkney isn't it and you've been on that podcast as well so you've been on yeah. both podcasts i'm in two am i am i that's two out of what six now that's two Seven. out of i was gonna say there's i don't think we need there's only two podcasts cisco podcasts you've got to wait about this one i can and, tell about this one and the macro one i think apart from that so Welcome back, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so thanks very much for listening. If you've got any uh, questions for Des or Stephen, just give us a shout. Uh, uh, either tweet me at Justin Woolen. You can email me at justin.woolen at cisco.com. That's 2L11L. Or you can contact us on LinkedIn as well. So uh, thanks very much for listening. And thank you, Stephen. And thank you, Des. Mm -hmm.